Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. Today, I'm going to take you through Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, now for those who don't know the book, Revelation is the last book of the book, the last book of your Bible, if you are there say Amen. So Revelation chapter 2, today we are reading from verse number 8 to verse number 11. Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. If you are there, say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. I want us to read together like streams international. Not like a strange church. Amen. Like Streams International. Oh, yes. One, two, three, go. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Someone said, Amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Are you here? All right. Now, just to refresh your memory, I said the book of Revelation is the book of the unveiling. Unveiling. Revelation means to unveil, remove the cover. Remove the clock, remove you know the blockage that was there for you not to see or understand clearly. So in this book of Revelation, we are being treated to where there is an unveiling, there's a removal of the cover. You see, there's something that you need to learn to understand that it can be a cover. It is called a time. Say time. Time. Say time. Time. time is a cover. Time is a cover. What do I mean? Time is a cover because as you are seated now, if you look in front of you, right? Do you know that the next five minutes are in front of you? But you can't see the events of the next five minutes, let alone tomorrow is in front of you. But as you see with your eyes, you can't see your tomorrow because time is a cover. 
Are you hearing me? And can you see what, what is 9, 9 a.m. this morning? Can you look back and see 9 a.m. the morning? You can only remember it, but you can't see it. Because time is a cover. So time in the past is a cover. Time in the future is a cover. The reason why I'm able to prophesy events of the future is because I can travel through time to your future. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Oh, yes. I can travel through time to your future and see what, will sh what shall happen there. And I'll come and tell you now. Now, for you, you have to travel through. You have to wait, not travel through. You have to wait to travel with the time to get to where the event was going to take place. And then you experience the event. And then you come back with a testimony. I'm able to travel into the past and you see what happened, what is the root cause of your problem. Are you hearing me? So when I'm prophesying, when I say, what happened five years ago? What happened three years ago? I have traveled back in time to where the event took place. And I'm asking you, what happened here? What happened there? Because I am seeing a connection between what happened there and what you are going through now. So I need to go back there, fix that. That happened there to free you from your present and redeem your future. Someone said, Amen. Amen. So the book of Revelation is unveiling. And um, I want you to notice something. Give me the first slide. I've got some notes for you there. You're going to write until your hand is painful because there's so much notes. So, Revelation means what? The unveiling. And number two, I mentioned that the book of Revelation is a book of consummation where everything that started everywhere in the Bible is finished in the book of what? Revelation. All the prophecies, all the prophecies, all the prophecies, everything that was started anywhere in the Bible, it comes to an end uh, in the book of Revelation. And also, it's the only book that promises a special blessing on the reader. Say so today, today, I claim, I claim my, special blessing my spiritual blessing for reading the book of Revelation, for, reading the book of Revelation, for hearing from the book of Revelation, for, hearing from the book of Revelation, for keeping these things in my heart, for keeping these things in, in Jesus' heart. name. In Jesus name. I, receive I receive my special blessing, my special blessing. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, the other thing is, the book of Revelation has got 404 verses, but it contains over 800 allusions from the Old Testament. So, by the time we finish the book of Revelation, I have talked about the whole Bible pretty much. Are you hearing me? But also, this book of Revelation, it presents the climax of God's plan for the human race. The climax of God's plan for who? For man. It's the climax. Now, there are important things I want you to notice from this book, from chapter 1, verse number 19. John was taught to write the things which he had seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be here after. So when you look at that slide there, what had he seen? He had seen the vision of who? Christ. And then the things which are were the seven churches. In other words, the seven churches that were being told in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, these were real churches. 
which were there in the day when John was writing the book of Revelation. Because these are things which are. But our question is, why did God choose the seven churches? Why did Jesus choose the seven churches? Because when you look at the list, you discover quickly that Jerusalem is not there. Antioch is not there. Are you hearing me? So there are so many other churches which are not included in there. But these were handpicked for a reason. Say for a reason. For a reason. Which we're going to find out as we go along. So we've got seven churches. And then hereafter, what shall be hereafter? Now we are dealing with a time frame of what follows after the churches. Are you hearing me? What follows after what? The churches. Now. When you go the next slide, I'm explaining what I've just said. That Why did Jesus choose these seven churches? Uh, uh -huh, the previous one? Why did the previous one? We can only go forward. Aha, uh -huh, that one. So, why were the seven churches chosen? And yet they were so many other churches that were in existence. There has to be a reason why the seven churches were chosen. And I love what the Bible says in, the, in those two passages. There's always a statement, he that hath an ear, let him what? Hear what the Spirit says to them. Let me see how many of you have got earobes. Do you have earobes? Amen. But Jesus says, he who has got what? An ear. So in other words, there were others in his congregation who didn't have ears. Amen. So in other words, he's not talking about this. Because you don't hear by this. This only collects the sound waves. And channels them through. The hearing takes place somewhere. That's where your hearing is. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord, by your spirit, by the spirit give, me ears, give me ears which can hear, which can hear your, revelation. your revelation in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come and pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Come and pray. Pray, 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 pray for yourself. Oh, Heavenly Father, dear Lord, give me ears that can hear the word, Lord God, of your revelation, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So, I mentioned again that there are four levels of application. Say four levels of application. Four levels of application. So, each one of the letters, although there are only seven, each one of those letters in the Bible applies at four levels. You can apply it at four levels. Number one, it was applicable to the local church. So, the content of the letter was true to that church. Is that making sense? So that's level one application, local application. The second level of application is the content of the letter is applicable to all churches, which we call the admonitory to all churches. It is applicable to every church. In every church, you are going to find parts of the Ephesian church, people who just love doctrine. They just love doctrine. But they have no devotion. Is that making sense? People who just love, you know, things have to be straight. 
We have to follow protocol, follow order. That's it. Every church. Are you hearing me? Are you following me? And then the third level is what? Personal. You as a person, how does the letter apply to you? And then the third level is what? The fourth level is what? Prophetic. Prophetic, it means something that was said in advance. Are you following me? Aha. Uh -huh. So what are we talking about? We're talking about history in advance. So when we talk about prophet, we're talking about history in advance. So what does that mean? It means whatsoever is written about those seven churches there, it is the history of the church in advance. Are you following me? So that's the prophetic. So in other words, Jesus handpicked these seven churches to give us the history of the whole church, the whole church era, the whole church age in advance. Are you following me so far? Or have lost you somewhere? We are following. Now, I also mentioned something important that there are seven design elements uh, to each of those letters. What is number one? The name of the word? What was the meaning of Ephesus? What was the meaning of Ephesus? The desired one. Remember, Ephesus means what? The desired one. So when Jesus was handpicking these churches, he picked churches with the names which have got a meaning about what he wants to talk about in that letter. Ah, you are not even hearing me. So when we come to the letter to the church of Semina, we're going to find that whatsoever he talks about in that letter to the church in Semina, it is connected to the name Semina. Are you hearing me? But also at the same time, the church in Semina is an era after the Ephesus era. It is a time frame. So in other words, there's everything prophetic about what Jesus tells us in that letter. So we see, number one, the name of the church. What is design element number two? The title that Jesus chooses to introduce himself in that letter. So where are we getting the titles from? From chapter one. In chapter one, they gave us a whole bunch of titles. But now Jesus begins to choose one by one, one title after another. Each title is applicable only to the one letter. I don't know whether you're hearing me. It is applicable only to the one church. What is number three? Design element number three? Commendation. How does he introduce commendation? I know thy works. Someone say, I know thy works. Say, oh Lord, thank you. Because you know my works. This is amazing. Because people may not recognize what you are doing for God. People may not know what you are doing for God. People may choose not to see what you are doing for God. But there's someone who always sees what you are doing for God. And that one says, I know your works. So whether in the positive or in the negative, there's someone who knows your works. Because sometimes we get discouraged because the prophet did not acknowledge what we are doing. Our neighbor did not acknowledge what we are doing. Our friend did not clap hands for us because of what we are doing. But I want to encourage you this morning that there's someone who always knows what you are doing. He says, I know your works. Ah! Say yes. yes. He knows what we are doing for him. 
I know that works. The commendation. And then after commendation, what is the design element number four? Concern. How bad, however, I've got this against you. Concern. Number five. Exhortation. For you to fix your situation, do ABCD. Number six. Promise to whom? To the overcomer. He that overcometh. He that overcometh. Now, let's apply to our letter in seminar. Let's go to our letter in seminar. What is the name that we have been given today? What is the name? Oh, come on, come on. Don't embarrass me. I've got people watching me online. Don't embarrass me. What is the name of the church that we are dealing with today? Samina. And what title did Jesus choose to use in, in that letter? What title? Read in your Bibles. I didn't expect you to memorize already. Check in your Bibles. What title did Jesus use? What title? He says what? Huh? The first and the last, which was what? Dead and is what? Alive. What is the commendation? What is the commendation? I think we need to close this service. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> Look in your Bibles. Do you have your Bible? Do you have your Bibles? All right. What is the name? What is the name? What is the name? Smina. All right. What is the title that Jesus uses to introduce himself? The first and which was and is alive. Number three, commendation. What is it? Uh-huh. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. But, someone say but. But what? But you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are what? The synagogue of Satan. All right. Concern. What is the concern? What is the concern? What is the concern? I got you on that one. That one is very difficult. What is the concern? All right. Let's revise. No, let's revise Ephesians. Let's revise the letter of the church of Ephesians. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. Don't make my life difficult today. <laughs> Ah, Jesus Christ. The Ephesian church, chapter 2 of, um, of Revelation. So the book of Revelation, the church in Ephesus. So chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. 
let's revise that church. And then it will help us a lot to understand what we're talking about. All right. I want us to read one, two, three, go. All right, so in that letter, what is the name of the church? What is the name of the church? Ephesus. Ephesus. All right, what is the title Jesus chooses to introduce himself with? These things saith he that what? Holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. Who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks? Are we together so far? What is the commendation? Give me verse 2. 2 and 3. Commendation. What is the commendation? Uh-huh. 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 And Mm-hmm. Verse 3. And has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Those are the good things Jesus talks about that church. Am I right? Amen. These are the wonderful things. Are we together so far? All right. And what is his concern? Verse number 4. Nevertheless, Nevertheless uh -huh. I have somewhat against thee because uh -huh. thou hast left thy first love. Did you see the concern? All right, what is the exhortation? Verse number five. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. All right, let's look at the promise to the overcomer, verse number seven. Promise to the overcomer, verse number seven, to him that... He that hath an ear, let him hear. To him that, what is the promise to the overcomer? To him that overcometh. What is the promise to the overcomer? I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. All right. And now he is talking to which people? Which people are we dealing with? He that hath what? An ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the what? Churches. Are we together so far? 
So you see the way I broke down that letter. Is that okay? Now let's go to Smina. What is the name of the church we are dealing with today? Smyrna. Smyrna. What title does Jesus choose to use on himself? He's the first and the last. Which so let's go to Ephes uh, sorry, Revelation chapter 2 verse number 8. I'll be directing you. We are from 8 to 11. So I'll be walking with you. Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. All right. So the name of the church is what? Samena. And then the titles Jesus has chosen to use in this letter are? The first and? Uh-huh. Which was dead and is what? Alive. All right. Now, what is the commendation? Give me verse number 9. One, two, three, go. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. All right, and what is the concern? Give me the next verse. What is the concern? One, two, three, go. Fear none of these things. Which I just thou hast got you on that one. What word was used to introduce a concern in the letter to the church of Ephesus? What was the word? Uh, what was the word that was used to introduce the concern? Never, never, nevertheless. Do we have nevertheless in that letter? No. No. So, when it came to the church in Smyrna, Jesus didn't have any concern at all. Are you not hearing what I'm saying? Go deeper, Papa. Jesus didn't have any problem with the church in Smyrna. Are you hearing me? There was no concern. There was commendation, but no concern. Are you hearing me? May God find zero concern in your life in Jesus' name. I receive. You know, it's like that time when everything is moving okay in your life. No concern. Are you hearing me? Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, yes. So, oh, not all the letters are the same. So, from God's perspective, if he doesn't say something, he has said something. Ah, you're not even what I'm saying. God keeping quiet. It's a statement. God not saying what he is saying to others. Then he, and he doesn't say it to you. It means that thing does not apply to you. So his silence is a statement still. So when it came to the Smyrna church, Jesus did not have any concern at all. But he only exhorted them. What was the, what was the exhortation? Verse number 10. What is he telling them to do? Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. What things are they going to suffer? Number one, what do the devil do? Cast you into prison. The devil shall cast some of you into what? Prison. Ah, oh, uh-huh. That you may be what? What is the purpose for going to prison? To be tried. Are you following me? And then you shall have what? Tribulation, how many days? 
10 days. But what should you do? Be faithful unto what? Unto death. Ha! Huh. This is confusing. Why? Because we limit God to deliverance. When we go through a problem, what is our prayer? God, deliver me from this problem. God, set me free from this problem. God, set me free. But now here we are finding a situation where he is telling you, I will not deliver you. Go through the problem. Be faithful unto death. I want you to die. I don't know whether you are hearing me. Be faithful unto what? Death. But what will happen to you after you die? I will give you a crown of life. Are you hearing me? So that's what the Bible says. The way he introduced himself is so important. He says, I was dead. I am alive. You are going to die. But after you die, you become also what? Alive. And when you become alive, I'm going to give you what? A crown of life. Don't be afraid of dying. Because I died. I know what it means to die. But I resurrected. When you die, you're also going to resurrect. Someone say yes. Yes. Ah. Can I begin to teach like a prophet now? Oh, yes. Now it seems you're waking up. Too late, I'm finishing. I've changed my mind. I don't Today you are... <laughs> hey, are you hearing me? Who is the overcomer? What's this, in this letter, what will be given to the overcomer? He shall not be hurt by the second death. Who is an overcomer? An overcomer is someone who chooses to die for the cause of Christ. You are not here what I'm talking about. The overcomer here is the one who chooses to go on. They, they say, uh, if, 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 if you don't, you know, if, if you don't recant your faith, if you don't give up your Jesus, we're going to kill you. This person says, whatever may come, let it come unto me. I am ready right now. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to face the consequences. Whatsoever you think the worst thing you can do unto me, I am ready. Bring it on right now. I'm not talking to someone right here. Say yes. That one is the overcomer. Say, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. So, Jesus says, fear not. Why? He knows the devil will use fear to talk you out of your faith. The devil will use fear. Ha, 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 ha. Are you following me? Oh, yes. Now, can I begin now to teach you? Now that you, it seems your ears are opened. Oh, yes, Papa. Now, now. Teach, Papa, teach. That's why the Bible says, who has got ears to hear? So in other words, all that time I was talking, everything was like, Now, slowly, you began to hear, uh, Papa is saying something now. The, your ears began to catch up now. There are seven design elements to each one of those letters. So there are some churches where there's no con commendation. Are you hearing me? In other words, here's a church going through difficult times. What can Jesus condemn them for? Ah, you're not hearing me. So, let's begin with the name. Smina, what does Smina mean? 
Give me the next slide. So, the angel to the church in Smyrna. Smyrna. Someone says Smyrna. Now, don't forget we are not Greeks, so we are doing our best to pronounce it. We don't know how they pronounce, but that's our best we're trying. But now the thing is, the word Smyrna is not a Greek word. It's a Hebrew word. Okay? They twisted it to sound Greek, but it's a Hebrew word. It actually means myrrh. You know that anointing oil called myrrh? Myrrh. What does, myrrh, what does myrrh mean? Death. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Myrrh means what? Death. So when you're talking about the church of Semina, you're talking about a church which is facing death. If you look at your history, there are so many times in history where Christians became persecuted and they were facing death. As I'm speaking right now, when you go to China, you're going to pay for your faith with your life. They're persecuted. That's why in China we talk about the what? The persecuted church or the underground church. If you go to Islamic countries today, they may have thought that you're a child of God. They'll take offense with that. They'll persecute you and they'll kill you. Are you know what I'm saying? So when we're talking about the church of Semina, it's a letter written to a church which is facing persecution. A letter written to a people who are going through persecution. Are you hearing me? Now, Semina means what? Death. Ah, are you with me so far? Now, the word Semina, as I said, comes from the word myrrh. Give me the next slide. Myrrh. Myrrh is a bitter gum and costly perfume which exudes from a certain tree. In a shrub in Arabia and Ethiopia. So it's not something that's found in Australia. In Itranga Zoo, there is nothing like that tree. It's only found in those two places. Where? In Arabia and where? In Ethiopia. Okay? So they use ingredients from this gum in so many different types of perfumes. But now, from a point of prophetic, can I teach like a prophet? No, dear Papa. From a point of a prophetic, ah, no, I will not reveal that one. No, dear Papa. <laughs> All right, give me the slide. But it was also used in embalming. Are you hearing me? It was used in what? Embalming, because of its scent, its perfume, okay, it also was used in what? Embalming. Now, what does it mean? Although Smyrna means death, it has got the power to preserve against death. Amen. You cannot use something in embalming if you cannot preserve a body. Amen. The reason why we use it in embalming is because it can preserve something from rotting. Am I right? It has got the power to stop what? Rotting. That's why it's used in what? In embalming. I don't know whether you are following me. Now, let me go one level deeper. Are you able to handle this? Oh, yes. When you go to Matthew chapter 2, verse number 11, because of my time, let's be quick now. Last week you called me, I was here until 2 p.m., not today. <laughs> Forgive us, Papa. Today, no, 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 no. From next Sunday, 
Today's the last Sunday of February, right? From next Sunday, I'll, I'll teach, but not much. I want to prophesy much. Oh, yes. Because I've been concentrating on teaching too much. I haven't been prophesying a lot. Oh, yes, Papa. But from next week, I will spend more time what? Prophesying. Now I'm spending more time teaching. Since, since 2020, actually. You remember? I've spent more time teaching, teaching, teaching. But now, next, from next month, I want to spend more time prophesying. Oh, yes. All right. So, Matthew 2, 11. Let's look at the wise men. What did they do? One, two, three, go. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, these are the wise men when they came to see Jesus. They presented three gifts. Now, that brings a problem because we say there were three wise men. There's no number of wise men there. Amen. <laughs> That's why he has got an ear, let him hear. Oh, yes. We said there were three wise men. Am I right? Where do we get the number three? From the three gifts. So we assume one brought myrrh, one brought frankincense, one brought gold. So we concluded there are three wise men. So when you find people drawing, you know, during Christmas times, they have got three wise men riding three camels. Carrying three gifts. Uh -uh, it's the three gifts, correct, but not the number of the wise men. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. All right. So, the three gifts that were presented to Jesus were all prophetic. Number one. What, what was the number one gift? Gold. Gold. Why was Jesus given God? He was a royalty. He was a king. To sit on the throne of David. You are not even hearing me. Oh, yes. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords. So he deserves to receive what? God. Royalty. His royalty. Are we together so far? Number two. What, what was number two given? Frankincense. Frank incense. Why Frank incense? Frank incense. I will not reveal the secret. But uh, <coughs> uh, I know my daughter is trying to catch everything. Because she does all the perfumes. <laughs> Frank incense represents prayer. That's why in heaven, in heaven, are you hearing me? I'll show you in the book of Revelation as we go. In the heaven, the angel mixes your prayers with the incense and he burns them on the altar before God. And the smoke rises to the throne of God. Are you hearing me? Frank incense is a symbol of prayer. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? That's why when you go to a Catholic church, the priest walks around with a small oh, and yes. he smokes the whole place. Amen. What are they using? Frank incense. Because that Frank incense is a symbol of prayer. So, when it came to Jesus as the high priest, as our intercessor, 
Are you hearing me? He was presented with frank incense as a symbol of prayer. Am I talking to someone right here? And then number three. What was number three? Myrrh. Why myrrh? Myrrh means, means what? Death. He was going to die for the whole world. Are you following me so far? So those wise men were very prophetic. They brought the three dimensions or the three, the three major roles of Christ. A king, a priest, and someone who's going to die for the world. Wow. Power, Papa. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Oh, yes. I told you, everything that is started anywhere in the Bible, it finishes in the book of what? Revelation. <laughs> so my ears are opened. My ears are open. Are you following me? Oh, yes. Give me the next slide. Sumina. Now let's talk about Sumina. So the name means death. The name means death. Now Sumina was 42 miles. Next slide. 42 miles. Ah, there's another verse I should have shown you. I think that's important. Let, give me the previous slide. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 6. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 6. There's a very important verse there that I want to show you. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 6. Someone say, Amen. Amen. One, two, three, go. Read. The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. They shall bring what? Gold. God and incense. What is missing? Myrrh. Myrrh. Remember when those guys came at the beginning to see Jesus, they brought three presents. Gold, incense, and myrrh. But now there Jesus has come. He's now in Jerusalem. He's ruling as a king. He's reigning as a king. Are you hearing me? In the millennial kingdom. So they are coming back with the presents. What presents do they bring? They bring only two. Gold and incense. What is missing? Myrrh. Why is myrrh missing? Remember what he doesn't say, it's a statement still. Why is myrrh missing? Because no more death. Death is not behind him. Ah, you're not hearing me. Most of us, do you know there's an hour we don't understand what the Bible says? We read in general terms. We don't read with precision. Read with precision. Why is there no more? Only God and frankincense. Because he has now come back to reign as a king. No more dying. Say amen. Amen. Alright, now let's go to the next slide. Now, Semina was 42 miles north of Ephesus. And it possessed an excellent double harbor. Now, I'm just giving a bit of history of Semina. Semina, 42 miles. From where? Ephesus, so it was a port city, like Sydney. <laughs> now, today, 
as I'm speaking, when you look at Semena, it's now called Izmir. That's how they pronounce it in Iteke. It's Arabic, whatever language. They made it you know, like a local name. But that name Izmir, Izmir, it's actually Semena. Are you hearing me? But now they pronounce it as what? Izmir. So the city is still there today as I'm speaking. Okay? And it's the third largest city in Turkey. It has got a population of 300,000. Um, but in the days of the New Testament, there might have been about 100,000 people there. It exports tobacco, grapes, figs, cotton, olives, and olive oil. Next slide. Now I've got a map for you there, which will show you where is mares. Can you see? All right. Those with eyes to see, let them see. I needed the light, the thing for pointing. But can you see where, where Patmos is? That's the island where John is when he's writing that letter. And that isle, small island there called Patmos. Can you see where Ephesus is? Uh-huh. Now as you go, uh, someone, has, someone has got the pointer. Good. Is Mia up there, 42 miles? 42 miles. North of what? Ephesus. And those, can, those cities are in Turkey. Are we together so far? Now, why was the church facing death? Why? Why was the church facing death? Now, when you look at um, the next slide, in those days when um, that part of the world was under the Roman Empire, Caesar introduced what they called Caesar worship. And Smyrna was one of the cities which accepted Caesar worship readily. Now, about 196 BC, these guys, Athenians, erected a temple to Dea Rome, which is a goddess of Rome, and they subsequently built one to Tiberius Caesar in 26 AD. So that city had always had idol worship. Now, when Tiberius was in power, the worship of Caesar, which is the worship of the emperor, became compulsory. Are we together so far? What does that mean? When we say it becomes compulsory, when it became compulsory, what it means is if you don't worship Caesar, you must die. But how do you show your worship for Caesar? Every year, every year, every year, every person who showed worship to Caesar, they had to go to the temple. Are you hearing me? And it take a pinch... <laughs> A pinch of what? A pinch of incense and burn it in the fire. When you do that, they'll give you a certificate. And when you're walking, when the police stop you, you have to show them your certificate. If you're going to the shop, like Ures, they will put on the door if you don't have a certificate, no entry. So people had to show the certificate that they are worshippers of Caesar. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Does it, that sound a little bit like a... Oh, yes. Does that sound familiar to your ears? The church in Semina, without that certificate... You can't buy, you can't drive, you can't do what? Every single year. Now, Christians, I'm talking about who? 
Christians. <laughs> Christians were tested to the core. So there were Christians who said, I don't really care about you know, my faith. I'd rather just get the certificate and go with the flow. So there were many Christians who got the certificate. How did they get it? Went to the temple, took a pinch of incense, put it in the salt, I mean, put it in the fire. I worship Caesar. They get the certificate. But there were some Christians who put their foot down. I will not worship Caesar. What was, what was the punishment? They were being bent publicly in the fire. Are you hearing me? So that is what the church in Smyrna went through. They were being bent at the stake. And those who were not being bent at the stake, they were fed to wild animals in the arena. So they would have a day when they bring lions, bears, all these animals. And people would sit in a stadium to spectate. So they would release the wild animals. They would make sure the wild animals are hungry. They haven't eaten for so many days. And then they would release them into the arena and throw in a bunch of Christians. Was the crowd cheered? People have been eaten by wild animals. Amen. Those who were not given to wild animals, they were being bent on a stake. It was a public event. What is a stake? A person would be tied to a tree. And then firewood around him. And they put oil on it and set the fire. The person would burn whilst the people were cheering. That is what the church in Semina was going through. I don't know whether you're hearing me. Oh, yes. I don't know whether you're hearing me. We are following, Papa. Are you following me? Yes. Are you following me? And Jesus, in that letter, said something. He said, you shall face tribulation how many days? Ten days. Someone said ten days. Ten days. So Jesus is prophesying before the event. Now remember the book of John, I mean the book of Revelation is being written around in 95 AD. 95 what? AD. And the events that I'm explaining to you didn't happen in 96 AD. They didn't happen in 97 AD. Uh -uh. Why? Because in 95 AD, 96 AD, the truth about the church, the condition of the church was like the Ephesus church. A church which was good at doctrine. Are you hearing me? So that's why the Ephesus church is church number one. Because from the time of the apostles to around about 150 AD, 160 AD, the church was under apostolic mandate. But after that, persecution came. And when persecution came, the church began to face death. So Jesus says you shall have tribulation. How many days? Ten days. Now, mind you, tribulation is not the great tribulation. The great tribulation is something different from this tribulation. This tribulation here is just, you know, localized deaths. People being bent, people being fed to animals. But the great tribulation is something bigger than that. So Jesus is not talking about the great tribulation. Are you, too, are you, are you with me so far? Now, tribulation means... Give me the slide where I'm talking, about, I'm talking about tribulation. Tribulation means, next. 
I don't have time to talk about that one. Tribulation means what? It means a pressing or a pressing together. It means a pressure. I don't know whether you're hearing me. It is a metaphor for oppression, affliction, tribulation, distress, and straits. It's different from the great tribulation which shall happen in the future. Here we're just talking about tribulation, trouble, and persecution. There's something that Jesus talked about in that letter. He said, what did, about poverty, what did he say? I know thy works and the tribulation and the poverty, but thou art what? Rich. Revelation 2.9. Give me that verse. Revelation 2.9. There's some, something important that I want to say there. Are you hearing me so far? We are following, Papa. Are we together so far? Oh, yes. Is it making sense? Oh, yes. Revelation 2, 9, 1, 2, 3, go. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but All thou right. art. Three things. I know thy what? Works. Number two. Number three. Why is Jesus talking about poverty? He's talking about poverty because the Christians who refused to worship Caesar. They lost their jobs. They lost their businesses. And what is the necessary result? Poverty. They became very poor. And Jesus says, I know you're poor, guys. I know your poverty. In brackets, but thou art rich. Oh, yes. Uh, you're not hearing what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. So our understanding of being rich is different from the way Jesus understands richness. They had nothing. They lost their houses. They lost their jobs. They lost their businesses. They had nothing. And they said, I, we are poor. But when Jesus looked at them, he says, uh -uh, you are not poor. You are rich. <laughs> hey. Hey. Someone said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you may have nothing in the natural, but you are rich in the spirit. Are you hearing me? Because true riches are not riches of this world. True riches are the riches of the spirit. Oh, yes. Someone said, I received that one. I received that one. Now, I want to show you one bishop. This guy was a bishop seminar. His name is Polycarp. In A.D. 166, the bishop of Semina, give me one, of, I think next time I'll number the slides so it's easier for you to know which one I'm on. Polycarp, bishop of Semina. Next. Next. Polycarp, bishop of war. So this guy was the big man in the church of Semina. In 166 A.D., he refused to burn an incense to Caesar. Now they tied him to a stake and they were about to set, to set the fire. They said, before we set the fire, we just want to give you one last chance, just in case you are going to change your mind. The guy, as he was there on the, on the stake, opened his mouth and he said, 80 and 60 years have I saved him and he never did me wrong. How can I now blaspheme my king who has loved me so? The moment he finished saying that statement, he said, 
set the fire now. Our God is faithful. Jesus is faithful. That guy says, I've said this king for 86 years. He has never disappointed me. He has never done me wrong. How can I change my mind now? Because I'm facing fire. No way. He says, set the fire now. And the guy was bent in 66 AD. And who are the perpetrators? The Jews and the Romans. I don't know whether you are hearing me. Are you following me? We are following, Papa. Are you following me? Oh, yes. Next slide. Next slide. Next. Exhortation. What was the exhortation? One, two, three, go. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Fear none of the things which you shall suffer. Now, don't forget that we are coming from a place where we know when we are in problem, let's pray. When we are facing, let's pray. Oh, Lord, I break this. Oh, Lord, I bind that. But Jesus there says, no, don't bind anything. Don't break anything. Don't reverse anything. Just have confidence. Fear none of the things which you shall suffer. Are you hearing me? There comes a time you need to understand the times and the season in the spirit. Is it time for me to suffer or not? If it's time for suffer, what do you pray? You pray against fear so that you can face whatever challenge the devil may bring in your life with your dignity, with your confidence. Am I talking to someone right here? Say yes. Yes. Yeah. And I know those days are around the corner. Are you hearing me? I'm speaking as a prophet. I know those days are around the corner when some of you are going to be arrested, when the devil shall put some of you in prison. But listen to me. In that day, in that time, in that hour, you need to stand your ground and say, bring the fire on! Oh, yes. Be ready to die for your faith. Be ready to die for your faith. There will come a day when they will say, if you don't receive the mark of the beast, if you don't receive this, this, this nonsense, this nonsense, you will not be able to be employed. And today they are already talking about it, that if you don't take some vaccination, then you cannot go to your work. Let me tell you, church, the days of Semina are here. The days have come when the true sons of God shall stand the ground. They refuse to give into anything that the devil brings. Say, oh Lord, oh Lord, here I am. Here I am. You can count on me. You can count on me. I will stand for my faith. I will stand for my faith. Listen, listen, listen. Not every vaccination is bad. There are some which are good. I'll be talking about that one of these days. But others are bad. Any vaccine which alters your DNA. I know that statement. People say, ah, oh, no, hey, it doesn't. Hey, it doesn't. Ah! And some of the vaccines have got the DNA of a boy. Fort, is it 14 weeks? Fetus. That was aborted in around 1966. And you as a child of God, that one is not for you. 
Oh, yes. Uh, I'm hearing they are saying if you can't get a vaccine, a vaccine, you can't fly. Those are the days of Semina. Oh, yes. When you face death, bro, you tell them, set the fire now. You see? Sit down. Sit down. Sit down for a moment. Sit down. Sit down. Jesus didn't have any concern for that church. No concern. No concern. He couldn't say, oh, I've got this against you. No. The people were willingly dying for the sake of Christ. Amen. I don't know whether you're hearing me. You're following Papa. So he says, fear none of those things which thou shall suffer. What things? Behold, the devil shall cast some of you. The devil. Oh, government. Ah, the devil. Oh, Scott Morrison. Ah, the devil. Ah, the Victorian government. Ah, the devil. Oh, Daniel Andrews. Ah, the devil. Oh, yes. There is a devilish power behind every government. So Jesus has cut through all the nonsense. He has put the blame where it belongs. The devil. And whoever is in power is just a puppet. So the problem is not them. The problem is the power behind them. And what is the power behind them? The devil shall cast. There is no prison guard, which is the devil. Prison guards are no more people. Judges are no more people. They will preside over cases. Yeah, you, we have heard that you are refusing this and this and this. Yes, sir. I refuse. All right. Do you know your punishment? Yes, sir. I know. Prison. Yes, sir. Thank you. But Jesus says, uh -uh, it's not the church. It's not the government. It is who? The devil. The devil shall cast some of you in prison that you may be tried. Are you hearing me? And he shall have what? Tribulation. How many days? Ten days. But, but what? Be thou faithful unto when you die in that manner, what are you being given? The crown of life. So in other words, when you go to heaven, there will be different types of crowns. People who particularly die for their faith, they will have a kind of crown called the crown of life, which is not available to any child of God who died a normal death. Amen. That crown is only reserved for people who refuse to give in for their faith. When they come around us, we shall know, hey, that one, that one. That one, that one. <laughs> Shout yeah! Yes! Do you know why he said, I am the one who was dead and now I'm alive? The first and now you understand why. He says, don't worry about dying. I died. I know what it means to die. I resurrected. Don't be afraid about anything. Go through it. 
Now, 10 days, I'm finishing now. 10 days, what does 10 days mean? Is that 10 days and as in one, two on Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday, seven, and then one, two. Ah, tribulation is over. No, that's a prophetic term. 10 days is prophetic. 10 days, 10 days, it's prophetic. The number 10 is a number of the law. The law of Moses, how many laws? 10, we call them the 10 what? Commandments. Are you following me? So the number 10 from a prophetic is the number of the law. So in other words, we shall have people, 10 different governments who shall enact laws. We shall persecute Christians. Uh oh. Say uh oh. Say uh oh. Uh oh. So 10 days is not 10 days as you know, 24 hour days. Those are 10 governments. We shall persecute Christians. They shall enact laws. We shall persecute Christians. Now, let's look at the history. This is historical information. The first one was called Nero. Have you ever heard of Nero? Ever heard of Nero? Go on YouTube. The gladiator and all that stuff. Some of you, you enjoy watching gladiators, don't you? Put your hand up if you watch gladiator. You need deliverance right now. <laughs> so Nero was the first Roman Empire to persecute Christians. So if you hear that the Apostle Paul was arrested, it was in the days of whom? Nero. And he's the guy who killed Apostle Paul. After Nero, we get another guy called whom? Domitian. Domitian is the one who put John on the island called Patmos. That's the next guy. Domitian. After Domitian, we get whom? Trajan. After Trajan, we get whom? Marcus. Marcus Aurelius. That guy, the bishop Semina. Polycarp. He was arrested by this guy and killed by this guy. Called Marcus Aurelius. After him came whom? Septimus Severus. After him? After him? After him? After him, after him, Diocletian was the worst of the bunch. And it is said, give me the next slide. How many Christians actually died? Five million. In other words, a quarter of the population of Australia. I think now we're about 25, so one-fifth. We're about 25 million now. One-fifth of the population of Australia. They all died in those years. From about 65 AD to just over 300 AD. So 10 days is not 10 days as 10 24-hour days. It's 10 different rulers in all those. Each one of them enacted a law against the Christians. I receive. So in other words, your children are born in the days of persecution. They die in the days of persecution. They never see any peace. And that's how the church is going through in China. The persecuted church. So when you hear persecution, it is real. And it does happen. Amen. Are you hearing me? Oh, yes. I don't have time to go through any of those 
slides. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'll make these slides available in your Bible study this week. Oh, yes. In the Bible study groups. I'll give them to the leaders so they can refer to some of the stuff here. Is that making sense? Amen. Yeah, because I don't have time to go through all of them. But why do Christians have trials? Why do Christians have trials? That is now the question you must discuss on Wednesday. Remember, I also gave you another assignment from the last Bible study on Wednesday. Remember? I said, apply the Ephesian church to you as a person, but also as a church. How does it apply to us? But now I'm giving another assignment. Why do Christians have trials? Someone say amen. Amen. Now, so far, give me the church's report cards. The church's report cards. Just keep going the slides. I'll tell which one. There's some one on the next. 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 Aha, uh -huh, that one. So far, we've looked at two, how many churches? Two churches. All right. We looked at the name of Ephesus, and then we looked at the name of Semena. We've looked at the title that Jesus chose to use for himself to the Ephesian church, but also to the church in Semena. And then both had what? Commendations. Number four, the church in Ephesus had what? A concern. But the church in Semena, there's no what? There's no concern. Both churches have got an exhortation. And then we find he that hath an ear, uh-huh, let him hear what, what? He says to the what? Churches. And then the last point we found what? The promise to whom? The overcomer. Now, I don't know, I don't know whether you're seeing the structure there. Did you see the structure? Do you see where the he that hath an ear, let him hear? Do you see where it is? And then the promise is at the, at the last sentence. It's a true for three churches. When you go to the last four, they swap things around. But we can understand them as we get there. <laughs> so, from a prophetic point of view, what are we talking about? Give me the next slide. The first church era was called what? The apostolic church, represented by the church in where? Ephesus. The second church era is called what? The persecuted church. The persecuted church. Remember I said that's history in advance. Am I right? So the first era was the apostle church. After that, we entered into the what? The persecuted church. After that, we entered into the what? Pergamos church. What, what's the prophetic meaning of Pergamos? <laughs> I should go deeper. That's for next That's for next Sunday, actually. Right? That's for next Sunday. We'll look at the Pergamos Church. So which means your assignment before you come to church on Sunday. I'll stand on the door and check if you've done your assignment. Read Revelation chapter 2 verse 12 to 
17. Your assignment, your homework. Revelation chapter, 12, chapter 2, verses 12 to what? 17. Next week, don't embarrass me. You must tell me what is the name of the church we are dealing with. Are you hearing me? What title did Jesus use to introduce himself? Are you hearing me? And then number three, what is the what? The commendation. Number four, what is the what? The concern. Number five, what is the what? Exhortation. Number six, he who hath the what? An ear. Number seven, promise to the overcomer. What is the overcomer being promised? I know that some commentators talk about the overcomer. No, he that overcometh the world, you are born of God. No, no, they're talking about overcoming in your situation. If you stand firm in your faith, there's a particular promise being given to you in your circumstance. There are challenges, my sons and daughters, which are coming ahead. I think you have heard me talk about this thing today. I'm saying it again. There are challenges coming ahead of the church. These challenges will come from the government because of this COVID-19 issue. When I'm using the word church, I'm not talking about just a church. I'm talking about the true believers, the true children of God. Because these big churches you think about, they will go along. They will go along. They are part of the agenda. But the true children of God, who know their Bible, who know their God, those ones, they will face persecution. I'm encouraging you today that you may lose some privileges. You may lose some rights. But be encouraged. Fear none of those things which you shall suffer. Fear none. Fear none. Fear none. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? For now, we are enjoying being on Facebook, but there will be times when they will not even allow me on that Facebook. Because me, I'm a speaker of the truth. Amen. I am the revelator. Amen. I reveal what is hidden. Oh yes. I put it on the light for everyone to see for themselves. Rise on your feet. Rise on your feet. Say, Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Every spirit of fear. In my, life, in my life, I bind it. I, bind it. I, break, it. I break it. I command you out. I command you out. Say fear. Out. Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings. And it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed. And until next time, Shalom.